Sometimes there are stories in our community that stop you in your tracks. Today, we hear about the family in Bolton rocked by a tragedy and the inquest looking for answers. This is the Manchester Weekly from the Mill. Hello, I'm Daryl Morris. Welcome to the Manchester Weekly from the Mill, Greater Manchester's quality newspaper delivered directly to your inbox. Alongside me this week is the Mill's Jack Dulhamty. Hello, Jack. Hi, Daryl. Nice to be back. Nice to have you, my friend. Listen, Jack, today we have a really difficult story, don't we? Yes, I went down to Bolton Coroner's Court to sit in on an inquest into a murder-suicide. It mostly hinged on whether or not a mother had unlawfully killed her children when she administered drugs to them, which resulted in their deaths and her own. Really difficult story. We'll hear how that played out shortly. Firstly, let's take you into the briefing, shall we? Jack's got his eye across all the news in Greater Manchester this week from the Mill Newsroom. And the UK, Jack, is continuing to grapple with the Omicron variant, isn't it? Stopping only briefly for a Bring Your Own Booze work event. But what is the picture in Greater Manchester? The picture in Greater Manchester at the minute is really similar just to the rest of the country, where our case rates are going down in tandem with the national average. So at the minute in Greater Manchester, case rates are at 2,038.6. That's down um, 7.6 from last week and compared to England's, which is 1,613.6, which is down 3.5%. So a bit of a a mixed picture in Greater Manchester as well as across the UK, isn't it, I suppose? As well as that, Jack, we're obviously taking stock of the effect that cases are having. Lots of different areas of our lives, including a school in Rochdale, Jack. This is Chris Jennings and what he said to the BBC this week. It's becoming increasingly more challenging, even though we plan ahead and we try and book as many supply teachers as we think we need for the week. The changes in absence on a day-by-day basis change so quickly that we have to be trying to be one step ahead. Chris Jennings is the head of Matthew Moss High School in Rochdale. He was included on BBC Radio 4 recently and also in a BBC televised report just the other day. What we're seeing at the minute with schools like Matthew Moss, if you watch the report, they're starting the day to see 32 absent members of staff, 28 needing covering. On the day that that report was done, there was 11 teachers who were absent. And what it's resulting in now that we're seeing the trend of kind of merged lessons. So a single class of about 50 children taught by a single teacher. And it's really a kind of testament now, I think, to what teachers are willing to do to make sure that kids can continue coming into school because it chimes with a story that we saw last week. I don't know if you saw the Co-op Academy in Swinton had to close their entire year eight year group. They all had to work remotely. And that's kind of the flip side of these stories where if they aren't taking these measures with huge classes, the alternative really is closing down whole year groups or possibly schools. I think it is just a reminder for some people with schools reopening, the extent to which a lot of staff are struggling with absences and the effect of Omicron. Hmm, yeah, very interesting. Um, okay, we'll keep an eye on that story as we take stock of how Omicron and COVID affects Greater Manchester and various different parts of our lives. Uh, ManchesterMill.co.uk is where you can get a daily email with everything you need to know from Greater Manchester in your inbox. Elsewhere, Jack, Tracy Scholes is a name that might not be overly familiar to you, but she's been at the centre of a bit of a storm this week, hasn't she? After being a bus driver for 34 years, she's been told that she is too short to do the job. Is that right? 
Yeah, so this was in the Guardian over the weekend, and it's something that's been building up, I think, for a few weeks now. She's got quite a lot of support behind her. Essentially, a new model of bus has come in that leaves Tracy, who's five foot tall, essentially unable to properly check her wing mirrors, which means that she can't safely drive the new model, and her employer, Go Northwest, made the decision that she would have to be sacked, essentially. And she's appealed that decision, The previous solution that they offered was essentially giving her a different model of bus to drive with different routes, but it would have been a pay cut, which she um, didn't accept. She's actually gone to a final appeal to that decision yesterday, but we haven't had any news of it yet. It is an interesting case. I mean, not to broaden it too much, but the idea of people being sort of designed out of work as new models of different technologies come in i feel like this was the last one i expected to see but yeah it's a really interesting story and there has been a bit of a storm hasn't they kicked up with this and and people protesting for her yeah well she's kind of picked up the moniker of the first woman to walk into queen's road bus depot so it's a strange one and it really has garnered quite a lot of attention i think mostly because of just the base sense of unfairness that comes with it like she's worked for this company for three decades and now through no fault of her own is losing a job it's not surprising that it's galvanized people to a side Mm, yeah true true point um okay we'll keep an eye on that story as well and more of that manchestermill.co.uk so you know how this works the manchester weekly and the mill takes you into the stories that matter in the place that you live This week, we take you into the courtroom. There's an inquest into the death of Tiffany Stevens and her daughters, Darcy Stevens and Casey Lee Taylor, looks for answers. Was Tiffany of sound mind when she fatally drugged her two children and killed herself? Jack Delhanty was at that really difficult inquest in Bolton. Jack, how was it being in the courtroom? It was awful, to put it shortly. It was an inquest that I think had a lot of build-up to it. It's been nearly three years since this happened. It's been reported in nationals, it's been reported in regionals, obviously because it's such um, a terrible case that it warranted that kind of attention. So in the build-up, I think there was a sense of knowing with regard to what the conclusions were probably going to be But I think there was also just a real sense of steeliness that everyone knew they were going to have to sit through something that was going to be really difficult. And that was definitely a sense that I got when we sort of settled in to start listening. Tell me about Tiffany. Who was Tiffany Stevens? What we know about Tiffany from the inquest is that she was a young woman, 27 at the time of her death, who essentially just had an incredibly difficult childhood Her father had died of a drugs overdose when she was five years old. She was then subsequently abused by her stepfather, began to be contacted and involved with social services when she was nine. And then by the time she was 11, she was in foster care. She came out of foster care at 15 and reconnected with her mother her biological mother, who's called Bobby Joe, And then from there, she seems to have lived a life, her mental life was one that was very anxious. She was very predisposed to essentially not being able to deal with some of the things that she was seeing in the world. 
So, for example, she had a sense that there were wider forces in her life that were trying to do her harm. She researched conspiracy theories like the Illuminati. She looked into malfeasance with stuff like the Rochdale grooming gangs and she was very much of the thought that the world was a bad place that was destructive and corrupt. She began to talk about suicide openly with people and she would do for most of her life from about the age of 17. So really she was just someone who was quite tortured mentally and it's really clear that she struggled growing up and it was really clear that she had a hard time dealing with internal struggles in herself but also the chaos that kind of came to define her external life as well and yeah that didn't change when she became a mother and in fact the inquest pointed didn't it jack to that sort of mistrust in authority extending to the people who were trying to support her and her daughters around social services yeah i think for tiffany the presence of social services in her life was more emblematic of a failure as a mother and she viewed it as an almost wholly negative thing rather than viewing it as a service trying to get involved in a life that would help her. And they did find in the inquest that there were missed opportunities with social services. Mainly what they touched on were social services not being challenging enough, but they also found in the end that had those opportunities not been missed, had those wrongs been corrected, it probably wouldn't have made much of a difference anyway. And what happened on Monday the 21st of January, Jack? On Monday the 21st, Tiffany's partner, Leon Heaton, essentially arrived at the back alley behind their house with Tiffany's brother, John, with the aim of getting into Tiffany's home. So in the previous week, he'd been knocking on Tiffany's door and hadn't had an answer. That will have been Wednesday the 16th. And then he went the day after, Thursday the 17th, no answer. Tried to call her over the weekend, no answer again. And then on the Monday arrived in the back alley. And it was around 3.30 that neighbours started to hear the two men screaming and trying to get into the house. And they got access via her back door, went through the kitchen, went into the living room where they discovered Tiffany on a mattress, unfortunately dead. They went back into the alleyway, called an ambulance, and then the paramedic who arrived then discovered that Casey Lee was beside Tiffany on the mattress. And in the hallway was Darcy in her pram, also dead. Gosh, how hard that is to process, isn't it? A real tragedy for the family. And Jack, the whole point of this inquest was to establish what happened and whether their deaths were unlawful. What did it conclude? Yeah, so they already knew in the build-up to the inquest, it was ascertained that Tiffany had administered the drugs that killed the two children. What this inquest hinged on was whether or not she was of sound body and mind when she did it. So whether or not she was in a sort of state of psychosis when she made that decision or when she did that. And it did find, in fact, that this was an unlawful killing because she'd had these feelings and thoughts in the build-up to the event. She'd written about it in the notes app of her phone. 
she essentially the forensic psychiatrist Dr. Adrian West found that she had complete knowledge of the consequences of her actions in doing this and yeah as a result it was an unlawful killing and that was devastating for the family wasn't it Jack what was their reaction so the way that the coroner's court is set up the press were behind the family so Tiffany's mum was asking questions throughout namely wanting to know whether Tiffany and the two children would have suffered when they died and they, they didn't they wouldn't have felt any pain according to the forensic pathologist but in reaction to the coroner's conclusion I think it was just kind of it wasn't so much despair I think they'd accepted it already they'd heard the same evidence that everyone else had even though in a final remarks to the court Bobby Joe explicitly said she wasn't in her right mind but then the assistant coroner who was leading the inquest Peter Sidgi I believe it's pronounced he concluded the opposite that she was in her right mind the reaction was just stoic they nodded accepted it and stood up and left and it was just kind of really stark no one really spoke I've never been to an inquest before I've been to court cases and I've always found that it's weird how everything's kind of imbued by like it almost feels like they're going through the motions in some cases you know like there's certain it feels very procedural normally but that just didn't it felt like everyone was kind of just like didn't really know what to do with themselves even the reporters who were there who clearly had a lot more experience and had sat in on lots of inquests they all just kind of like sat silent and still and yeah it was really just eerie I'm sure I'm sure a very difficult experience and as you said Jack you know one of the things that we often don't talk about is how difficult these things can be to report on over the course of watching the inquest and it reaching its conclusion how did it feel for you? Yeah, it's one of those things. I think it never stopped feeling, even, you know, there was six hours of witness testimony. It was meant to be a two-day inquest, but almost out of sympathy for the family, they gave an extemporaneous decision, which just meant essentially giving the decision without overlooking the evidence again. So it was just that six-hour block. You did have that issue where you were trying to introspect and think about how you felt and then equally kind of like but how must these other people feel even witnesses who'd met her it will have been so much more you know like antenatal nurses who came and will have met her and known her as a person like you have to remember in my case and in the case of all the other reporters we never would have heard these people's voices or seen them in real life ever so I couldn't imagine how it felt for witnesses who had met these people to then have to make these kind of very stark, objective remarks about how they came to die. And I mean, that whole feeling must have been magnified for the family, sorry, and the friends who were sat there and listening to this stuff. So like for me, I just found on a personal level after a while, by the time the six hours was up, it felt exhausting. But again, I couldn't even imagine that comes close to how the others must have felt. Okay, Jack, for now, thank you. You can read Jack's piece in full from that inquest into the tragic death of Tiffany Stevens and her two daughters, ruled by the coroner as an unlawful killing. Manchestermill.co.uk is where you subscribe. 
Okay, let's have a look ahead. Uh, Jack is in the Mill newsroom. What are you working on there, my friend? Yeah, so we've got a piece coming up by Phil Griffin about the new School of Engineering at University of Manchester, which is setting up to like a really nice piece. And I'm going to be looking into health scrutiny in Manchester, or Greater Manchester, should I say, over the next few days, which is another one to look forward to. And every week on the podcast, we give you a nod, something for you to do in and around Greater Manchester this week. What's going on, Jack? Yeah, so Thursday the 13th, there is a solo exhibition going on by Jocelyn McGregor. It's her debut major solo exhibition and it'll be at Castlefield Gallery. She has a really odd, it's a blend of visual art, basically a bit of everything, video art, stuff like that. Very surreal, quite odd stuff like people's hands coming out of snail shells and pretending to be snails. And if that's your kind of thing, if you're into surrealism and kind of supernatural type art, that'd be a good one to go along to, I think. Nice. Um, Okay, my pick for the week is a little bit more mainstream. Stay Close, the British drama on Netflix. It's an adaptation of Harlem Coburn's novel of the same name. They've done several of these now of his novels that are turned into Netflix dramas. Um, It's okay. It's got a decent cast. Kush Limbo's in it. Richard Armitage, James Nesbitt as well. It's not the greatest drama you're ever going to see. But the reason that I like it and the reason I'm recommending it on this podcast is because it's been filmed in and around Greater Manchester, a bit further afield in Blackpool and run corn as well but there's loads and loads of shots of didsbury and a couple of the city center and various other parts of the city as well so it is basically location spotting uh, stay close on netflix right now that's it from us for this week jack thank you don't forget to hit like and follow and subscribe to this podcast to be the first to hear about brand new episodes as they land in your feed every week and plenty more news and in-depth stories where this came from on the mill newsletter manchestermill.co.uk is where you go to subscribe to get it in your inbox every week manchestermill.co.uk